main scripture tonight is in uh, Romans 12, verse 3. We have the doors open, guys, and it's it seems really easy to be distracted tonight, so I just need y'all paying attention, and I appreciate that. As Drew said, we're going to be talking about deals. So what, how the series came about was I, I love going through books of the Bible, but I've been noticing, especially with our middle schoolers and younger high school, there's been just some parts missing. Some things that we got early on that we're not having now, and part of that is because maybe you weren't here for a certain series or this or that. And so I was thinking, how can I help them learn how do you deal with a biblical way of dealing with stuff? So I start, So I, I Googled, what do teenagers deal with? I know you go, well, teenagers should know, and, and I do, and I, and I guess it's pretty right, but it was just interesting to see what the world thought you dealt with. And this is what this series is going to deal with. We're, we're, we're dealing with tonight, self-esteem, next week, anxiety, stress. The week after that, bullying. We're going to deal with parents. We're going to deal with peer pressure. We're going to deal with relationships. We're going to deal with religion. We're going to deal with these things because why? Because you deal with them. And that's the whole point of this series, Deals. And tonight, guys, we're going to be talking about self-esteem. So what is self-esteem? Self-esteem is what you think of yourself. Self-esteem is your self-image. I want to tell you, this is a subject that really scares me. Because of all the people, I'm probably the worst at it. Because I have a very low self-esteem. I really battled with that. But as I begin to prepare, I feel like I'm probably one of the better ones because I can tell you what it does feel like on some parts, and I can tell you why it's unhealthy and unholy to have that type of image about yourself. So let's read Romans 12, verse 3. So give you a heads up. 1 and 2 talks about the transforming of the what? The mind. Say it with me. Transforming of the mind, so we just sum up one and two there, and that's important because of what verse three goes to. So what is verse one and two, he talks about transforming the what? Mind. So for by grace given to me, I say to anyone among you, do not think of himself more what? Then you ought to think, but think of with a sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Some big words there. One is, do not think of yourself more highly. And the other one is, think with what? Sober judgment. Okay, so these begin to help us understand what God begins to see, what we think about self-image. So from this verse, we're going to discover several things. And this was inspired by an article written by John Bloom and... And his article is called Holy and Unholy Ways of Self-Esteem. And that interests me, and I like how he presented it. I made the points myself. I got the idea from him. So, holy and unholy ways of thinking highly of yourself. We're first going to look at that. 
So holy and unholy ways of thinking highly of yourself. So a holy way of thinking high of yourself. Tonight we have to begin to turn what we think of the world's definition of self-esteem upside down. Because as soon as we think of self-esteem and even Christian self-esteem, you think that you're not allowed to think high of yourself. And the world makes you think that you cannot think low of yourself. So the world's battle, because we do not see things like they should, when we do not look at it in a biblical point of view. I have always struggled with thinking high of myself. I have always thought very low of myself. And when we get to that point here in a minute, I'll, I'll describe that a little bit more for you. But here's some things that we need as beings, as followers of Jesus Christ. If we put the name Christian, which means little Christ, upon our name, here are some things that we need to do. Holy ways of thinking high of yourself first is understanding that we are created in the image of God. In Genesis 1, the whole chapter, but in Genesis 1, he describes the creation of the world, but in that, he describes the creation of man and female. And he begins to create them. And what does he say? I'm creating them in our, let's say it again, in our what? Image. I'm creating our image. So whose image are you created in? God's. So it's okay to think high in that. What do you mean? Well, what I mean is that that is something that we can take pride in the sense because it gives glory back to God. See, we have a, we do not have a biblical understanding of what sometimes when we talk about this. I remember one time several years ago, about nine years ago, I was talking about God and someone said, man, he, God's very conceited about himself. That's what a middle schooler told me. And I said, you're exactly right. And it shocked him. But he has to be. Because everything is about him. And so being created in his image is something highly to think about because it gives you purpose and understands of who you are. See, because it's holy and humble to think of yourself. If you're a Christian, you are a chosen race and priesthood of a holy nation, a people from God's own possession, that you might declaim the excellence of him who has called out of darkness into the marvelous light. You are a new creation in Christ, and no longer the old condemned person. You are made new. God intends this to be a part of your self-image. So not only does he created you in his image, but you are a new creation in Christ. And uh, 1 Peter 2.9 and 2 Corinthians 5.17, which I just read those to you, it says this needs to be a part of your image, that you are a creation in Christ, that you are called out of darkness into the marvelous light. You are new. You are a chosen race. You are the priesthood. These are the things that we do. And it's not, it's a holy and humble way to think of ourselves that we are to think of ourselves as children of God. We are to think of ourselves as prince and princesses of God. Why is that important? Is because you have to understand 
that when we begin to tear ourselves down, when we begin to tear other believers down, when we begin to tear people around us down, we are damaging that image of God that he created. So therefore, when you call people names, you are calling God a name. Okay, that's not what the Bible, yes it does. Do you understand what image means? An image means that of oneself. And if he says, I created you in my image, that means he created you exactly the way he wanted you. That means, girls, you are gorgeous because God made you the, exactly the way he wanted you to be, no matter what the magazines of the world describe you. Men, you are exactly the way that he wants you to be. No matter what the world says you have to be to be a man. So these holy ways of thinking high of yourself. But there's also unholy ways of thinking high of yourself. Number one is, you know, how, how you begin to think about this. But there's unholy ways. There's prideful ways of thinking high of yourself. And pride's going to be this big issue here. And that's being, uh, um, first one is being selfish ambition. And counting yourself more significant than others. And we're going to go back to Philippians uh, 2, 3 on that. And, um, and they talk about that. This should not be a part of your self-image of Christ as it is. It is usually the results in quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. That's in 2 Corinthians uh, 12.20 that I've just uh, said that. This is probably the high thinking that Paul is talking about when he's talking about, you know, that, uh, uh, in Romans 12.3. And so here we are, when you're thinking highly of yourself, you're putting pride. So what does that look? First, you have selfish ambition. When we begin to think high of ourselves in an unholy way, it means we want attention upon us and not God. It means that we want to, we have a selfish purpose of why we want to do the things. We want to be noticed. And the problem with being noticed and wanting to be noticed is that you begin to count yourself more significant than others. And, and that, that can really become a problem. Why? Because one thing that we have learned through Jesus is that, yes, we love our neighbor as ourselves. But we need to come to the point where we're not thinking of ourselves at all. In the sense, uh, C.S. Lewis mentioned something like this, that, that, that it's not that we think high of ourselves or low of ourselves. We begin to not think of ourselves. In other words, we... We see what God has put before us. We know that we are his creatures. We know that we are chosen by him to be his, his children. And we do not think of ourselves better than people. And we do not think of ourselves lower than people. Because what starts happening is when a lot of us, we come in tonight. And even, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I have sat in your chair. I grew up in the church. And I'm going to tell you right now. Some of you are really good at it, and you're going to say I'm lying, but I'm just going to tell you, if we're honest with you, if you grew up in the church for any amount of time, and you, you're sitting here, there is at an age in our time that we think we're better than other people. I thought I was more holy than the people I went to school with. I thought I was better than them because I went to school, I mean, I went to church, I was a church leader, I was the FCA president. Since freshman year, at a high school, I was FCA president. 
I tell you, there was no one in front of us that, that really did a lot. I, I was the youth group leader. I was the guy that everybody says is going to be the pastor, things like that. And I thought I was better. And let me just tell you, I had a Pharisaic mind. What I mean by that is, I thought I was great because I was religious. And that was selfish. That was me putting myself above people. And that was an unholy way to think. Because, see, the reason I felt like I had to think like that is because I had a low self-image of myself. And I'm going to get to that here in a second. But this is where we get to when we begin to think that we are better than other people. And what begins to happen? The quarreling, the jealousy, the anger, the hostility, the slander, the gossip, the conceit, the disorder. Your lives feel like they're in disorder right now because you have placed yourself where God should be placed so everything else is going to fall apart. You ever play Jenga and you move the wrong piece, the whole thing falls off, right? That's what's going on. You're trying to be the missing piece, and you cannot be. And your world will tumble this way and that way and this way and that way until God is the solid foundation. Amen? All right, I'm the only one getting excited around here, but that's all right. The next part of this is the holy and unholy ways of thinking low of yourself. And we're actually going to spend a little more time on this. Because right now, this is what a lot of you are thinking. You don't realize that thinking low of yourself is thinking high of yourself. And we're going to talk about that. And a lot of you think, well, Kent, I'm good. I don't think I'm better than someone else. You need to really dig into that because you probably do. So holy and unholy ways of thinking of yourself. So the first way is holy ways of thinking low of yourself. What? There's a holy way of thinking low of ourselves? Yes. There is. And one of them is that we need to realize that we were once a sinner. We were once a sinner. For all have sinned and what? Falling what? Short of the glory of God. Paul reminds many times, you were once there. You were once a sinner. He reminded Timothy, you were once there. He reminded the church of, the, uh, of Corinth, you were once there. Our thing to understand that we were once a sinner. What do you mean we were once a sinner? Because we have been saved by grace. It is not that we have stopped sinning, but we have been forgiving of our sins. And what I mean by that is where we were unholy and unrighteous and we could not go before God into the throne of God, he then said, you know, you are now my child and I, because of my son, my son has made you holy. Boom, you can enter into my presence. Did any of that say, well, Kent did this to make that? No, it was what God did to make that happen through Jesus Christ. And I remind you, hey, you were once there. We have to understand that we were depraved, that we're deprived. And what that means is, guys, that we depravity of man, which means that man is low and man cannot do anything for himself and not fall. It means we have failed. And Jesus has not. 
The second part is, is consider others more important than yourself. I can't just cover it. No, this is a whole uh, 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 of thinking low uh, of yourself here. Is it's a, uh, I mean, uh, the holy way of thinking low of yourself is considered more important than others. That you consider others more important than yourself is what I meant. See, you have to see yourself as having, then not just being uh, that you were one of the most foremost of sinners, like in First Timothy, or you being the one that uh, now by the grace of God that you look into the low seat of the banquet table, as what uh, uh, Luke talks about, because you consider your consider more uh, others more important than yourself in Philippians 2 3 and the cry of your heart is Jesus must increase but I must decrease let me explain we have to see Jesus in our lives to increase in our life and we have to begin to consider people more important and significant that we sit at the the banquet table in the sense of I mean, we're not doing it to go, oh, oh, look at Drew, poor Drew. No, we're not doing it in that way. That's not the point of it. What happened in that story when they set the low and the, and the, and the, who moved them forward? The host moved them forward. And the point of that is that people see who got it. It wasn't even for the point to be moved up. It was that the point that he did not put himself above someone else. He did not say, I am better than you. And that's what we have to work on and having that, that we do not consider, uh, that we consider others more important, that we do put that importance. Now let me tell you, we live in a world that, that, that does not, first of all, understand where self-love is. There is a self-love in the sense of that we love ourselves because God first loved us. You know, there is a love that comes in from God. We are to take care of ourselves. We are to treat ourselves correctly. We are to eat healthy. We are to take care of our bodies. We are to do, there are things, yes, that we have to do that I completely 100% agree with. What we're talking about here, because this is what people will walk away with. Kent said not to take care of ourselves. But that's not what I said. What happens is, is that we, we don't understand it because, man, we're on this side of heaven and we get confused. What he's saying is that when we walk around as that we are better than people, we are missing the point. And that, a low, in that, that healthy low image that we understand that we have humbled ourselves and understand that God is the highest, that we are his servants. But there's an unholy way of thinking of yourself too. This is where I struggle the most, and I have struggled a very long time. I, I literally had to go get help with this because I struggled so hard with this, and it, and it, and it causes anxiety. It causes a very low self-image. I'm going to tell you, I, I, I have to be careful because it can, help, it can really cause me to get in depression because I do not think much of myself. I struggle with a lot of things. I think I'm a terrible preacher. I think I'm a terrible youth pastor. I think I'm a terrible lots of things. If you, and I've been thinking like that since I was a preteen. Well, I understand, but I, I'm just, 
But I've been dealing with this as since I was a preteen and really dealing with this. Why? Well, because I was told I was ugly. I was bullied a lot. I, I, I did not get the girls in high school, okay? I did not, you know, these things that, that, that people put a lot and too much on, okay? I was not considered athletic, even though my brother was, and I won more sports awards than anyone else in our family, but because my sport was a swimming sport. These things affect us, and we get bitter, and I was bitter. And I had to go to a counselor and go really get this. And so, guys, I'm hoping you begin to understand this, and that I am coming before you and saying, hey, this is stuff I'm struggling with too, because this is what I want. I do not want you to struggle with this. I want you to be able to give this over to the Lord. So here's some unholy ways of thinking low of yourself. First, constantly comparing yourself to others. Constantly comparing yourself to others. And this is found, um, this is found, we see this throughout the Bible, but a great example of this is in Luke twenty two twenty four. And I know I didn't put that beside your thing, so if you're taking notes, Luke twenty two twenty four. if you want to look at this later. So if y'all remember what happened on this one, is the disciples, they begin to compete over which of them is going to be regarded as the greatest. And no doubt that some felt that they were superior, while others felt envy due to their, uh, their lesser um, gifting and opportunities and attention. And see, this is the unholy lowliness that comes from comparing ourselves with one another. In the, uh, and so we'll begin to have this part. And we have to be careful because we begin to suffer from this chronic sense of failure, unachievement, and shame. And because we compare to, uh, to others just just at, uh, that, that we're not smart enough or attractive enough, competent enough, gifted enough, organized enough, educated enough, successful enough, rich enough, prominent enough. And this is always the most unholiness of lowliness, of thinking ourselves that we do not and compare. Miss Barbara has said for many years, and, and, and hearing it, I, and, I'm, and, and this phrase came from someone else, but y'all have heard her too say it as well, that comparingness is the thief of all joy. And so if you compare, it's the thief of all joy. And because we are stealing, because he, here's the deal, some of you wish you were like someone else. Maybe you wish you were more artistic as fill in the blank. Maybe you wish you were more athletic as fill in the blank. Maybe you wish you were better at doing something, fill in the blank. And what you miss and what I miss, and I don't want you to do this, but what I missed was what God gave me that made me special. See, these struggles, these things that God has given you and giftedness that God has given you that you might not even understand that are special has made you who you are, and God wants to use it, and you are robbing him of that. We, get, we go, I wish I was skinnier. I wish I was more pretty. I was, that now you're comparing and robbing of what God has made onto you. 
I wish I was better at this. Maybe God did not call you to be a great athlete. And that's okay. Well, I can't speak very well. Maybe he did not call you to lead up front, but to lead behind. But we steal and rob the joy in which God has given us when we get into the loop of comparison. Last, never feeling worthy enough. I never felt like I was worthy. In high school, guys, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. And even now, I don't have a whole lot of close friends. Because a lot of times, and I've grown out of this, per se, but I never felt worthy to have friends. I really struggled with that. I never felt like I was worthy of having friends. I never felt like I was worthy of getting praise. And I'm really having to struggle with that. Like when people give me compliments, even though I am really, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I'm really good at giving compliments. I'm really good at encouragement. I'm known as an encourager, okay? But I'm really bad at receiving it back. And I don't do it well. Like when someone gives me a compliment, if you ever notice, my head goes down and, this, and people have gone, oh man, look how humble he is. Really, it's because I don't think I deserve it. That's wrong too. I'm not lifting myself as this example to y'all. I'm hoping I'm showing you, hey, here is someone who's struggling with it too, who's supposed to be a leader, who's supposed to be these things. And I'm, I'm trying to show you the biblical way, and I'm hoping that is what you hear. Because, see, low self-image or unholy lowliness in truth is thinking too highly of yourself. It is weight we must lay aside in order to run our faith with others. That we need to understand that we do not walk our Jesus journey by ourselves. And you are worthy because Jesus has made you worthy. It is not by your own works, but by his. Because you are made in his image. Maybe you're struggling too. Maybe you just don't feel good enough. And maybe you just need some prayer right now on that. And as we pray, if you want to, Drew and myself will be in the back. And we'd be glad to pray with you because I know this is something I struggled with. And it might be something else that someone else is struggling with tonight. Let me pray with you, and, I'm, uh, and then we'll go straight into the song. Holy Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this message. We thank you for this word. Guide us and lead us in what we do. Father, make this about you tonight and about your glory. Let us look inside ourselves, which is one of the hardest things to do, and see how will we respond to the message of who you are. Father, we give this to you and you alone. We praise you in your name. Amen. Worship with us tonight. Drew and myself are in the back to pray.